You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider Credential, member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday. I'm kind of excited because I got to watch some Pelicans basketball last night. You probably did as well with a replay of the November 14th win over the Los Angeles Clippers. Let's recap that one a little bit because this is kind of an interesting game to look at. Wasn't on anyone's best of list for the season when I asked that question. Um, But a couple guys had some really big games in this one, and it's worth looking at their roles and how the Pelicans got this victory over a team that, in theory, is significantly better than them. So we'll recap that. We'll talk about a couple of other things with it relating to the team kind of around this game, using that as the frame for the discussion, and then talking about Zion and where he can start improving right now since he's got a jump on the offseason. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So this was a fun game early on in the season when the Pelicans were struggling. And going into this one, the team had just been 3-7 and seven on the season. So it was a very early game, still no Zion Williamson. And the team was dealing with a whole bunch of injuries to a number of different guys in this one. Brandon Ingram did not play. Um, as well as Zion in this one. Um, And you also had no Lonzo Ball either. So a lot of your big guys coming over were not getting the minutes uh, that they were expected to, including Josh Hart in this one too. Yet New Orleans was able to upset the Los Angeles Clippers. Now to be fair to the Clippers too, they're on on the second night of a back-to-back in this game, having played Houston the night before. So they've got no Kawhi Leonard in this one. And it was Paul George making his first appearance of the season. So you knew he was going to be a little bit rusty. But when you can sub in a dude like Montrez Harrell or Lou Williams, who both were in the starting lineup despite normally coming off the bench, you're still going to be kind of in better shape than a lot of other teams that you play. Unless that team happens to have Drew Holiday in this one, who put up 36 points on the night. Um, the starting lineup was Drew Holiday, each one more, J.J. Redick, Kenrich Williams, and Derek Favors. The Kenrich Williams thing is interesting too, um, which we'll talk about coming up here in just a minute on the show. But Drew Holiday was pretty masterful in this one. And after the game, he had said, you know, he goes, my, my teammates say we win when I'm aggressive and I'm doing my thing. So I looked more, to, you know, to get myself going in this game. I looked more out for myself. It's true. He took 24 shots on the night, uh, basically kind of double. And the next closest dude, next closest guy was Etwan Moore, who took 14, and Frank Jackson, who took 14. But Drew Holiday made 13 of those 24 shots. He was uh, put up 36 points on the night, seven assists, six steals as he played masterful defense down the stretch, and he was five of six from deep. And if you look at his shot chart from this game, and when you watched it, he was in like full-on aggressive mode, either taking the three when he thought he could make it, or driving and attacking at the basket and getting down low into the paint. He only took two other mid-rangers that were outside of the paint in kind of that dumb zone that were inside the three-point line. When he can do this, and when he gets that aggressive, 
certainly good things are going on there. And he had some court spacers out there with him, you know, with each one more and Kenrich Williams, who kind of tends to hang in the corner to be that anchor spot guy. They can shoot a lot in JJ Redick too. And it was only really Derek Favors there potentially clogging up the lane and even not that much so. And then when you add in Zion and Brandon Ingram, maybe the in Ingram who loves that mid-range game, the the spacing kind of shrinks a little bit. So maybe that has something to do why Drew Holiday goes off in these games, but maybe not kind of seeing the same performance or style of play for from him when he's out there with what we now consider to be the full-on starting unit, even though that full-on starting unit is still very, very good. But Drew Holiday, 36 points in this one. He also played unbelievable defense against Paul George down the stretch. Paul George was good in this game overall for making his his, uh, season debut. He had 33 points in 24 minutes on just 17 shots. He was 3-5 from deep, uh, 10 of 10 from the line. But he was in foul trouble throughout the game, wasn't the most effective he could have been, And in the fourth quarter of a game that was a five-point victory, 132-127 for New Orleans, Derek, or not Derek Favors, Paul George did put up seven points, but he was uh, not shooting well when matched up with Drew Holiday. It was just one of three during that span. So Drew Holiday kind of kept him in check and and kept him from being really the closer, the guy that the Clippers needed him to be to kind of finish out this game. So it was very good performance on both sides of the ball from Drew Holiday, which, you know, we kind of know at least one part of that when it comes to him and how good he can be defending some of the guys in the league, particularly guys that are bigger than him like that in Paul George. The other real standout from this game, um, other than Drew Holiday, really was Derek Favors. He had a 20-20 game, 20 points, 20 boards, 9 of 13 shooting. And I know people get frustrated with his contract, but it's a game like this where he just kind of out-hustled a lot of the Clippers players to get a lot of those boards. He had nine offensive boards, 11 defensive boards. He worked hard to go out and to kind of do some of the dirty work that the team doesn't really have anyone else who can kind of do that. Zion's been a great offensive rebounder. They'll get that from him, but they don't have it on the defensive side a ton. And Derek Favors provides a lot of it. And it's why when I'm asked what the, what, what are the Pelicans going to do this offseason, I say I could easily see them trying to just run this group back. Maybe you bring Derek Favors back on a team-friendly deal because of games like this. 2020 is massive. It's the first time he's ever done that in his career. And it was a big part of why New Orleans was able to upset the Los Angeles Clippers when, look, they had no business winning this game without Lonzo Ball, without Brandon Ingram, without Zion Williamson. And it took kind of heroic performances from some of these guys. It's a big one. Off the bench, by the way, in this one, Frank Jackson, 23 points on the night on 14 shots. He was four of seven from deep. And this team just got a very good offensive performance from the starters, enough from Frank Jackson to kind of carry the bench unit. And that was enough to do it against a banged-up Clippers team, a tired Clippers team too. But it was cool to see this game out there and kind of reminds you of how good Drew Holiday could be. I know he's kind of had a bit of a maligned season, just how important Derek Favors is to this team. And same thing kind of for Etwan Moore. You know, he put up 15 points, not most efficiently, but he was 3 of 6 from deep. That's a guy I think they might try and run it back with and bring back for next season. So, very cool to see some actual basketball being played, even if it was from earlier in the season. We've got a couple more games coming up, too, on Fox Sports New Orleans as they do some of these replays from key games throughout the season. 
so we'll talk a few more things that kind of come out of this game that kind of relate to the team that we'll talk about in the next segment and then look at Zion a little bit. But today's show brought to you by Postmates. Now more than ever, it's important to support local small businesses. That means restaurants too. You're also not supposed to be outside. Postmates is making this really, really easy for you all. And I've been using it daily uh, since I've been working from home and kind of being stuck in the house now. So whether it's an early morning breakfast burrito or I just need a couple of beers delivered late in the evening, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. And if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch and kind of planning out your day. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushis. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whenever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, which is important to not do right now, or no more late night fast food runs. Be a little bit healthier than that. And I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. So just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. And for a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100, free do- or $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDONNBA. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. What's also interesting about that game against the Clippers is Kenrich Williams out there kind of doing a number of just very Kenny hustle kind of things, grabbing offensive rebounds, making those hustle plays that we all loved him for. Finished with eight points on the night and 10 boards, four offensive boards, six defensive boards, and he did hit two threes on four attempts in this game. So overall, this is a pretty good performance from him and had three steals in it too, along with three assists. Just kind of quality stat line across 31 minutes of action without kind of being the main guy. And he's been injured now for an extended period of time, and we haven't really been able to see him out there on the court. So far this year, he's only played in 35 games. Um, and we haven't seen him again for a number of uh, months here. So it's going to be interesting to see when he comes back because the pairing of him and Zion could be very interesting. And David Griffin said as much on Twitter yesterday. But I have some concerns about that when it you know comes to him. One, I think Josh Hart is just kind of a better version of Kenrich Williams. Maybe not as much on the offensive glass, but the shooting's better, the scoring's better, there's other things better, and he makes all of those hustle plays. But the idea of pairing Kenrich Williams with Zion Williamson is interesting. The initial thing that comes to my mind of being an issue is the three-point shooting. Kenrich Williams this season uh, is only shooting 26% from three. That's obviously not good on almost three attempts per game. He shot 33% last season on three and a half attempts per game. He's a career in two seasons, 30.6% shooter from deep. It's not good. You do want some spacing around Zion Williamson. So if you do this and you pair Kenrich Williams, Zion, and Derek Favors, it's probably not going to work. But if you were to put Zion at the five and Kenrich Williams at the four, kind of replacing Nicolo Melli, there's some potential there as long as you have maybe three other shooters on the court. Lonzo, J.J. Redick, and Drew Holiday could easily work I think, with a lineup like that. 
You can let Kenrich do a lot of the rebounding, Zion do a lot of the rebounding, and there's a chance it might work. And or you know you maybe throw Josh Hart in one of the guard spots too, and you get a lot of kind of hustle plays in a in a lineup that plays incredibly tough and incredibly hard. But I'm not so sure. I think there's just better ways to go about it, but it's kind of intriguing. And the amount of offensive rebounds that lineup could get just on Zion and Kenrich alone is is pretty awesome to really think about. But over his two seasons here in New Orleans, as much as we love Kenrich Williams, he's been a net negative on the court, and the Pelicans have actually been better with him off the court rather than on. Now, he's been in and out of the starting lineup, so you know those numbers have a little bit of noise to him. And last year, he was primarily used as a three. This season, with Derek Favors and others, he's been primarily used as a four, which is maybe a more natural position for him to, to play in. But... You know, I think it's nice to maybe get that piece back for whatever regular season, if any regular season gets played. I'm just not sold that like this guy is a difference maker. And he was in line to earn himself a good bit of money before this injury kind of derailed that. But also the fact that he cannot hit open three-pointers, I think, really kind of works against him so far this year. Like He's been just not good um, with that. If you look at it, of the 35 games that he's played so far this year, he's only got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games where he's shot above 50% from three. He's only got eight games where he shot above 33% of the 35 that he's played. And included in those eight games is two of them where he just went one for one from deep. So the volume in some of those hasn't been there. And one that where he went two for two. But if you look at it in terms of him taking three or more threes, one, two, three, four. It's just five games where he shot above 33%. It's not good. Like that will actively harm you. And we've seen at times teams are basically playing four on five or the Pelicans are playing four on five when it comes to offense because teams just sag off him and are completely okay with letting him shoot open threes because they know he's not going to make them. So that does need to change. And maybe kind of being on the bench or injured, you know, you have time to work on some of the shooting. You can't maybe do much else, but certainly that's going to hopefully kind of change because it's a useful player to have. And I think you could see him doing some very, very good things out there on the court, but we'll see when he comes back, if games are played and what we're able to really find out. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Still going to be here Monday through Friday for y'all, helping you with your commute from the bedroom to the dining room table or wherever you're getting your work done if you are stuck at home. Uh, and we've still got a lot to talk about. I've got some guests lined up over uh, the next week, maybe even one tomorrow and a couple others as well. So we are going to bring some different people onto the show, get their opinions on the Pelicans. Have some kind of fun debate style shows with them too and just get a little bit silly with it overall, which I think is going to be a very needed thing during this time. And of course, keep you updated on everything going on around the team. And that's going to hopefully be starting tomorrow, if not on Monday. So we will have a very good time with it. Support the sponsors of the show. These advertising budgets are the first things to go. Um, and that helps keep the show, you know, five days a week for you all. Subscribing is always an important thing um, and help support the show to leaving a five-star review with a comment. It takes like 30 seconds, and I appreciate everyone who does that. I know that is actually not the easiest thing to do in the middle of your whole day, so I appreciate all the support during this time for everybody. So support local businesses, support the podcast, support whoever the hell you want to, because I think we all need to do a little bit of that in Lockdown Pelicans, wherever you get your podcast from. 
So we've talked a little bit about, uh, and it was during the All-Star break, what Zion needed to kind of work on this offseason. But now the offseason's come already a little bit, a little bit early, maybe extended, who knows. We'll kind of see as everything goes on since we're still in uncharted territory with this all. But Zion can use this time to become even more dominant than he already is. I was talking to John Krause on Lockdown NBA about it. He was, you know, so disappointed about the season being postponed because, well, he wanted to see more Zion. And I agreed with him. And he didn't, he didn't we talked about it a little bit. And I go, I don't even think Zion's been like a good NBA player. Like obviously he is a very good NBA player. He's been amazing this year and been fantastic and kind of above what we were all thinking. But what I mean is there's certain areas of his game where they, he very clearly needs to work on and where he's very clearly not very good just yet. And if he's able to do some work in all of that, oh my God, is he going to just be an absolutely special player? And so when you look at him and you see the defense not being good, well, he's played 19 games. He shouldn't have great court court awareness, um, particularly against NBA players. Some of the other things, the handles haven't been there. His momentum for himself has also been too hard to stop, and you see him lose the ball with turnovers and things like that too. And now during this extended period of time, if he's working out and working on some of these things, Well, he has a chance to silence a lot of critics and kind of get a head start on next season, but this season right now. And I think that's a very advantageous thing for him to be able to do. If he comes back and looks a little bit trimmer and in shape and clearly didn't let this layoff keep him be, let him be rusty or from, you know, working out and staying in game shape, it's a very good thing. And that'll, that'll silence a lot of critics, um, certainly, but Overall, I think that's going to help the Pelicans make a playoff push if uh, they are able to play some of these regular season games. A couple areas he does need to work on. One, keeping his feet moving on defense. Sometimes you see him kind of just plant his feet and not move side to side, back and forth, wherever he needs to be and stay as mobile. Learning to keep his feet moving so that he can react a little bit easier, I think is going to be a good thing that'll help him defensively where he's been struggling so far this year. I don't think he's going to be a net positive on defense this year, but I think if he can up it a little bit and get closer to neutral, a net zero, I think that would be a very big thing. You don't want people to continually hunt that matchup like the Los Angeles Clip or Lakers had done with LeBron James. You want teams to be like, okay, we still don't want to go at him, but if we do end up with that matchup, we're okay with it. You don't want them to actively look for all of that stuff. And then some of the other things you want to see is really the handles. If he can just not lose the ball once he kind of gets moving, I think that's a doable thing this, this break. And is able for him to kind of get out there and score even more efficiently than he already is and not turn into empty possessions for New Orleans. I'm not looking for like two dribble moves, three dribble moves, or anything like that right now. I just want to see him not lose the ball as much. Part of it is he gets moving forward a whole bunch. He generates all that momentum, which makes him so great and why he's able to score. But if he does need to slow down, he struggles with that. And that's where you often see the ball kind of just get a little bit away from him when he almost just dribbles it out of bounds on the lower baseline under the basket. So I think that is an area he can realistically improve over these next two, three months. And I don't think we're seeing the NBA before June right now. And if he can improve on those two areas, keeping his feet moving, staying in shape and kind of getting a little bit of a better handle, he's going to be even better than he's already been. And he is fantastic already. So I think this is potentially a silver lining if you're looking for the NBA uh, stoppage right now. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. 
Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. If you're looking for another show, listen to Beneath the Screen, or sorry, Rejecting the Screen um, with Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov. They get some really great long-form interviews on there, and then they also have a shorter episode twice a week. Get it wherever you get your podcast from. And as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow, hopefully with a guest.